Great news, my cruciferous cousins. Plant Strong Foods is hosting a March Madness Meals and Minutes sale. Visit plantstrong.com and save up to 30% on every one of our ready-to-eat chilies and stews. It is the perfect time to stock up on these heat-and-eat tasty meal solutions. Having a stash in your pantry means you're never more than 90 seconds away from a satisfying meal. The sale runs through March 17th while supplies last. Visit plantstrong.com today. I have wonderful news for healthcare professionals. Our upcoming retreat in Black Mountain, North Carolina has just been approved to provide CME credits for physicians and physician assistants, as well as nursing credits as part of the registration fee. To learn more or to join us for a week of education, go to plantstrong.com and click on Black Mountain. There's a lot of skepticism when it comes to veganism and its true health benefits and its properties and all that stuff. But I am not the person that's going out to the world that's saying like, black people, you gotta be vegan or white people, you need to be vegan. I'm going out to say like, listen, like there are health benefits to being veganism and we're just gonna have a good time and meet you where you are. Um, and and that has always been my messaging consistently. Um, and whatever reason people decide to wanna eat vegan is up to them. I just want you to come into my house and eat some of my vegan food. I'm Rip Esselstyn, and welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. The mission at Plant Strong is to further the advancement of all things within the plant-based movement. We advocate for the scientifically proven benefits of plant-based living and envision a world that universally understands, promotes, and prescribes plants as a solution to empowering your health, enhancing your performance, restoring the environment, and becoming better guardians to the animals we share this planet with. We welcome you wherever you are on your Plan Strong journey, and I hope that you enjoy the show. If you know of my father and his work at the Cleveland Clinic since 1984, then you're well aware that Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. is unapologetic about his stance on moderation when it comes to whole food, plant-based nutrition. Well, let me tell you that if you didn't know it, he hates, hates moderation. Now, the reason is because in his eyes, moderation kills. And he's seen this over and over and over again. Since 1984, he has taken an absolutely unwavering stance on whole food, plant-based nutrition as a means of preventing and reversing our number one killer, heart disease. And this caused him decades of disrespect, especially in those early years. But guess what? Regardless of how unpopular his message may have been in the past, it has clearly stood the test of time, and he remains as vigilant as he ever was. Well... That's why when the chance came to interview another person who was just as unapologetic came my way, I jumped at the chance. Today, I have a conversation with the vegan powerhouse that is Pinky Cole. She is the founder of Slutty, you heard that right, Slutty Vegan, the restaurant chain based in Atlanta, Georgia. In 2018, she started selling her vegan burgers to Atlanta's underserved West End on Instagram. Yes, Instagram. 
they immediately became an enormous hit. And now five years later, she's gone from her apartment kitchen to nine brick-and-mortar locations in and outside of Atlanta, including locations in Brooklyn and Harlem. Pinky Cole is unapologetic about her brand. You can feel that in the energy that she brings to her food, her Pinky Cole Foundation, and her new book, Eat Plants, Bitch, 91 Vegan Recipes That Will Blow Your Meat Loving Mind. Let me tell you, she blew my mind, and I can't wait for her to blow yours as well. Meet Pinky Cole. Pinky Cole, welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, uh, I couldn't be more excited, and you are just, you're lighting the world on fire right now, and I am so absolutely from a fellow vegan, you know, plant-based guy to see what you're doing, the audiences that you're bringing into this, you know, this realm is just, it's, it's awe-inspiring. So how in the world did you get your name Pinky? It, it, it seems so appropriate. You know, it's funny. Nobody ever asked me that. But um, the day that I was born, my godmother said that I was pink and she wanted to call me Pinky. And my mom like, don't call her Pinky. And ever since then, it stuck. So I literally have been Pinky all of my life in school, middle school, high school, college. And now the world knows me as Pinky Cole. So Pinky. So was there ever a time when you were like, I don't like the name Pinky or have you always loved it? Probably for like one year of my life. I'm like, call me Aisha. My name is not Pinky. Um, But I realized that my name is the reason why people wanted to know who I was. You know, it's a very unique name. It stands out. It's just like, why would somebody name their child Pinky? And as a result of that, I think that played a part in me being like super popular growing up because I had such a weird, extraordinary name that people wanted to get to know me because of. So I think that that played a big role in who I am today. So I'm happy about it. Yeah. Do you, do you think that um, having such a unique name also allowed you to kind of break out and, and, and help um, give you the strength to kind of, you know, forge your own path? I think it did. I always stuck out. Listen, my mom is Jamaican. My father is Jamaican but I grew up in America. So I wasn't American enough to the Americans and I wasn't Jamaican enough to the Jamaicans. And then I had this crazy ass name. So I was just different all the way around. So I think it made me stick out like a sore thumb. And as a result of that, it allowed me to be in positions that I would have never imagined if my name was just Aisha. Yeah. That's a good question though. But like now when I look over my life, I realize when, when I tell people my name that don't know me, they're like, are you sure? Is that yeah. your name? Yes, it's my name, yeah. but it has helped me more than it's hurt me. So I'm happy about that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you, you're just, you seem so incredibly authentic and forthright, yet at the same time, you make yourself vulnerable. Um, and I'm just like wondering, like, where did that come from? Like, who, did you have role models that, that you kind of turned to and leaned on? Um, I was always this way. Um, And I think a part of it comes from my mom. She is very like straight up in your face. This is what it is. If you like, I'm confident every single room I walk in, you're going to know that I'm there. And I got that from her. And she was, you know, she's a Jamaican woman. So you can't have dishes in the sink. 
You got to make sure that you pay your bills on time. Like I got that very militant mindset from my mother and that level of confidence. But I also have a soft side to me that's real and authentic and very vulnerable, like you said, because I'm transparent. And I believe that transparency has been a thing that has allowed me to really maneuver through this crazy thing called life because I show up as my authentic self. Like ain't nothing fake about me. I don't mm -hmm. care who you are. I don't care how much money you got in the bank. I am me all of the time in every single room. And I like to attribute a lot of that to my childhood. And, you know, that again has really positioned me in different spaces because you don't see somebody typically who is the CEO of a multi-million dollar company just being raw on the tongue and just being like her true authentic self. Sometimes I may go to work with a t-shirt and some sweats and like, hey, what's up? We're here. But I'm showing people that you can be who you are and not have to conform to any stereotypes. You don't have to conform to society's expectation of you. You could just show up as your authentic self and be the best version of you that you could be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is such a, a beautiful thing. And so many of us, for whatever reason, we're not following, you know, that authentic path that resonates with us. Tell me this, Pinky, do you always have something pink that that's on your person? Because your your lips are just they're as pink as can be. <laughs> this was the only lip I could find, actually, to tell the truth. <laughs> um, but no, you know, my favorite color is purple, actually. Oh, okay. Okay. Contrary to popular belief, my favorite color is purple. I love a good lavender. Yeah. Um, but purple and red are my colors. Yeah. And I just so happen to have one pink today. Pink, pinky is a state of mind. Oh. You know, it's a thought process. Not so much a color. It's a being. It's an energy. It's a frequency. I am a vibe. I'm a frequency. So when you hear the name pinky, you know that a vibe is about to enter the room. Ooh. So, yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> So uh, you, you've started some pretty irreverent brands and like, for example, you know, eat this bitch. And then of course, this is, this is your new book that came out November 15th. Absolutely crushing it with this. Congratulations. Thank you. And, and I want to talk about the book, but first I want to talk about slutty vegan. Cause that came before the book, correct? It did. And so where, where in the world, how did you decide one day that, you know what, I want to start this, this truck, this eating truck, and I want to call it Slutty Vegan. Where does that come from? You know, it's interesting because it happened by quote unquote mistake, right? So like when I started um, Slutty Vegan, I had already had my dream draw. I was a casting director for a TV show. So I worked in TV for 10 years. So like that was my expertise. Like I thought that I was just going to sit in TV and become this super executive producer. And like life was going to be great. I was going to go to Malibu on the weekends and like we cool. But then I realized that the universe had something so much bigger for me because while I was working on the show, just randomly in my bedroom, coming up with ideas and slutty vegan hit me like a light bulb. And obviously those two things aren't supposed to go to get to go together. Right. You got veganism and you got slutty like they aren't even supposed to be the same sentence. So for <laughs> me to be able to merge those worlds in a way where people can appreciate it and not feel like it's derogatory, not feel like it's too provocative. That was the TV side of me working. And then I'm like, OK, cool. This will make people reimagine food in a different way because I'm doing something that's never been done. Yeah, vegan burgers and fries have been done before, but to make the experience stand out while you're serving vegan food to people is next level. So when I was in my bedroom coming up with I the idea, I did not expect 
slutty vegan to grow in a way that it did that fast. Here mm -hmm. I am. I'm going on my fifth year in business. And if you know anything about the restaurant industry, you know that businesses don't even last past three years. And here I am. I'm up year to year. Business is booming. I'm opening up sister concepts and really showing people around the world, whether you are vegan, vegetarian, flexitarian, a meat eater, that you can literally see food a different way, even if you don't want to go vegan. And it's really been a cool opportunity to be at the helm of all of the hype, right? Like Slutty Vegan has now become a household name, all from a bedroom idea. So I am literally the walking testament for people who are entrepreneurs and big dreamers to, to, to show them like, listen, come as you are, dream as you dream and all the things that you dream about, you can manifest. So like Slutty Vegan really opened the door for all the other things that I like to do. And that's eat plants, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so Pinky, uh, yes. And I, it, you know, some of your slutified fans like include Snoop Dogg, Justin Timberlake, Tyler Perry. I mean, it's quite a growing list of celebrities as well. It just started out with just one little food truck, correct? It's We started out as a ghost kitchen. So you know how everybody has the cloud kitchens now? Like, I was ahead of the curve. Like, it wasn't many people doing it. And I'm like, oh, let me try this. And I actually found out about doing a cloud kitchen in L.A. So when I got to Atlanta, I'm like, okay, let me do it here because nobody's doing it. So when I tried it, not only did it work, it was overwhelmingly working so much that I got kicked out of the facility because there were too many people coming to support me. Wow. And it was a great problem because what it did is it forced me to get a food truck. Now, I didn't know the first thing about a food truck. I didn't know how to work one. I probably ate at a food truck once in my life up until this point. But it allowed me to be a chameleon. And that's what entrepreneurs do, right? You got to learn how to move and shake with the times. And I did that and I got a food truck and now... The, I, I sparked the food truck movement. So I've inspired so many people to get a food truck to start their concept versus going to a brick and mortar first. And everything just started continuing to rise. And literally, we've consistently been growing every single week since 2018, which is unheard of for a lot of businesses. But we came in at the right time. And now here we are. I have nine locations and counting. And the cookbook, I have big partnership deals, so many great things happening that I'm just so excited that we get to do exactly what we do um, and just change the world one burger at a time. <laughs> one slutty burger at a time. One slutty burger at a time. <laughs> the, um, so in, in reading your book, you talk about how your first restaurant, you had a grease fire. And I guess in hindsight, it's kind of a... You're, you're glad that it happened. Is that fair to say? It was the best thing that ever happened to me. And, and explain that, because how in the world could that be a good thing? You know, it's funny because we associate loss with bad things. We associate failure with uh, tribulation. But now I associate failure with it being an opportunity to rise above challenges. So I didn't know that when I was in my restaurant running it day to day, right? So like this part sounds good, but like in the moment when I had the grease fire and I lost everything, I'm like, shit, like, what am I going to do? Like, I, I lost my car. I lost my, my apartment that I was living in. I went flat broke. Like, it happened really fast. And it, it showed me that you can get it really fast and you can lose it really, really fast. So you always got to be humble in the middle of the process. So I realized that doing that, I walked away from that situation without a hair of smoke on my body. And I'm metaphorically speaking because it literally positioned me to rise above and be an expert when it came to opening up Study Beacon.
And when I opened up Slutty Vegan, I'm like, okay, all right, I know I need to have fire insurance. Okay, I know I need to make sure that I pay my sales and use tax. All right, I need to make sure that I pay all my bills on time or I don't want to get a sticker on the door. Like it showed me how to run business from what may look like a loss. It wasn't a loss. It was just very expensive school. I like to say I went to the Harvard of restaurants because mm -hmm. now as I grow my business, I look back at those experiences and say, okay, all right, this is what I'm going to do different because I've been at that place before. And then furthermore, I get to teach and educate people on what to do and what not to do when they're running a business. So Pinky, you are also doing some really amazing philanthropic causes. You're giving back. Can you let everybody know about your foundation? I have the Pinky Co. Foundation and I started it in 2019. And that was really a way to like formalize me wanting to help every everybody like I really like when I tell you it brings me a certain level of joy to be able to know that my resources can help somebody be better like that is like the most rewarding feeling mm -hmm. uh, that's what I work hard for so this foundation is really designed to help bridge the generational wealth gap so I've done so much continuing to do so much um I'll just run down a list of the things that we've done. We've given out fruits and vegetables. We've um, supported teachers and their salaries. We've um, paid the rents of local businesses so that they didn't close. We've uh, turned on lights for families. We've um, uh, paid the balances of college students so that they can graduate. We've uh, provided life insurance to black men who made $30,000 or less um, because life insurance is such a big deal that people really don't talk about. We've provided mental health services for people in the community. Like I can go on and on and on. Like the Department of Juvenile Justice, we've, we've partnered with them to provide second chance opportunities um, for, for ex-offenders. But we really do the work. Right. Like this is not just one of those things like, OK, we got a 501c3. Let's just, you know, do something nice. No, like we really get in there and make sure that we provide opportunities for people to be great. Um, what I just did recently, um, I was a commencement speaker of my alma mater at Clark Atlanta University, and I provided uh, LLCs to the entire class with the help of our old bank. Um, and that was such a big deal because to provide a pathway to entrepreneurship to mm. graduating seniors, who's doing that? And whether they decide to work a nine to five, it really is putting them in position to, you know, start their, their pathway to freedom. And freedom is always seek, whether it's financial freedom, emotional freedom, spiritual freedom. I wanted to be the person to really support them in that way. And I think that, you know, it resonated with a lot of them because of the 820 students who graduated, at least 750 got the LLCs. So that's a big deal. And I pray that more entrepreneurs pay it forward in that way and do the same thing that we do at the Pinky Co. Foundation. Wow. Pinky, the more I'm learning, the more I'm realizing you are just so beautiful through and through and through. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know what? I am my mother's child. Like when I look at my mom, like my, my mom has been the person that would give the shirt off her back to help people. Mm -hmm. Like she wants to see others win and like she will sacrifice herself to make sure that other people are in a better position. And I've turned into my mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's a good thing. It sounds like. And it also, I mean, I, 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 in doing my research, I saw that you very kindly paid off your mother's house. You know, every child's dream is to be able um, to support their parents while they are living on earth um, and to be able to do that. And she had no idea, you know, she's happy. She's proud, like to, to come from where she comes from. We come from humble beginnings and to know that one of your children are able to like 
create financial freedom for you. That's that's every child's dream. And I'm glad I get to fulfill that. Yeah. Uh, she must just, her jaw must be on the ground or maybe not thinking about all the successes that you've, you've had. She must be so proud of you. She's very and now she's here with us. She uh, lives with us and is helping us to raise oh. kids. So I'm proud that she's here to help me. <laughs> That's great. And, and Pinky, is your father in your life at all uh, these days? He is, but um, my dad got deported. So he lives in Jamaica. So unfortunately, he is not allowed to come on American soil. Um, but I love and respect my dad for what he represents. Like he represents the idea that no matter what you go through, you never give up. So my dad just found out that he had um, cancer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, him dealing with that and still being the hustler and entrepreneur that he is and still having a positive mindset just reminds me that, like, no matter what I go through, like, it could be worse. Like, I got to keep going. Like, I cannot give up. And that's what my father represents, especially after doing 22 years in prison. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I did the prison with him um, outside of the prison walls, but... He was actually physically in it. So, you know, I commend my dad for being resilient through all of that and, you know, still trying to make a life for himself um, no matter what. Yeah. So 22 years. What when did he get out? How many years ago? So my dad got out in 2009. OK. Yeah. All so right. he got out in 2009. So he's been there. He's been in Jamaica for quite some time. So we're actually getting married in Jamaica so that my dad can walk us down aisle, myself uh -huh. and my fiance. Oh, that's really nice. And unless you, unless uh, one of the senators are watching this and grant him like a temporary come to America stay so I can get married in America. Yeah, that would be great. Um, well, I saw you had a nice photo with uh, with the senator not too long ago, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe I got a lot of nice photos with a couple people. Listen, <laughs> Slutty Vegan has allowed me to get in some rooms. OK. And when I get in those rooms, I start building my own table in the room. So, yeah, yeah, this works. <laughs> uh, um, so you mentioned your fiance, uh, this must be a very special man. Um, how, how did you meet him? So we are both restaurateurs and I'm sure that you have done your research. He is not vegan. He is far from it. Um, he's more pescatarian, but he has a restaurant, um, as well in the city. So we are two community pioneers, um, that are in alignment in a lot of ways, right? Not so much the dietary side, but for how we contribute to the community. And we just had a whole bunch of different synergies and we connected just as friends. Listen, I was the person, I'm like, I would never date somebody that eats meat, like not doing it ever. Like don't even bring it to me. And then I met him and I realized that we can still coexist even though our mindsets are different in certain areas, but we're the same in a lot of ways. And I admire him and I respect him. Um, and he's my baby daddy. Uh, we have, we have two beautiful children together. Um, and I can't wait to get married. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, I've seen some photos of your, of your children. Um, can you tell me their ages and their names? Um, so <laughs> six months and about to be eight, well, 18 months already yesterday. I'm sorry. 18 months yesterday, six months wow. and 18 months. Oh. How's your sleep? You getting any sleep? Barely. <laughs> but yeah. we got help. So, you know, help is, listen, I tell anybody, like, if you don't have that village, you have nothing. Because there's no way that I could do this on my own. So between my mom and his mom, like, we got a lot of help. Um, and 
I'm so appreciative of that help because it allows us to still follow our dreams. Like we're still kids just trying to like be great and like change the world. And I don't ever want to feel like I have to compromise either one, not my children, not what I love to do. So I get to do both of them equally because we have that village to help us. And that feels good. Yeah. Pinky, when I wrote my first book called The Engine to Diet in 2009, and I was a firefighter, I was met with a fair amount of resistance, uh, even hostility uh, around and you know about a bunch of white males for the most part eating this way. And I'm wondering what's been the response from the black community uh, of your veganism? Have they embraced it? Have they been resistant? Have they given you a lot of shit? Um, all people have embraced it. You know, when I first started Slutty Vegan, my core audience were, it was black people, right? I'm a black woman. So they see a black woman doing something great. But that as I evolved as a business, I realized that veganism is not a black or white thing, right? Veganism is something that there's so many people that are ignorant to veganism, not because it, they want to, it's because they don't have access to information. <laughs> so I get the opportunity to like really change the mindset of humankind. And that feels good to me. And have I been faced with re resistance on the food side? No, there's a lot of skepticism when it comes to veganism and its true health benefits and its properties and all that stuff. But I am not the person that's going out to the world that's saying like black people, you got to be vegan or white people, you need to be vegan. I'm going out to say like, listen, like there are health benefits to being veganism and we just going to have a good time and meet you where you are. Um, and, and that has always been my messaging consistently. Um, and whatever reason people decide to want to eat vegan is up to them. I just want you to come into my house and eat some of my vegan food. And it's really changing lives in real time. And, you know, it's funny because I get asked that question a lot. And I like to say slutty vegan is the biggest form of silent protest. It's such a beautiful feeling to see so many people from all races, creeds, cultural backgrounds coming. I'm talking about old, young, Muslim, Christian, atheist. It don't matter who you are. People are coming to Slutty Vegan in the name of love and in the name of food. And they don't get no better than that. <laughs> that is a real form of silent protest um, and togetherness and community. And that feels good to me. Like I'm on a mission to really like make a difference in the world. I want, when I leave this earth, people say, damn, Pinky really enacted change through her platform and through her resources and not just for black people, not just for black women, not just for minorities, but for white women who, who, who trying to get it for, for, for white men, for Asian women, African men, everybody. And which is why I believe that slutty vegan will be around for a long time. I'm confident about that. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. Tell me um, the slutty vegans, how many do you have? And are they, are they just in Atlanta or are you moving beyond Atlanta? So I have nine now. Um, and the bulk of them are in Atlanta. I have, um, one in Birmingham, Alabama. I got another one in Brooklyn. I'm about to open up my Harlem location. Wow. And um, I got a couple other locations. I just purchased my DC property. So I'm moving and shaking. Listen, the time is now. I'm the type of person, 
you'll, you'll hear me say this if you follow my social media. I'm a grizzly bear, okay? Yeah. So it's giving grizzly bear energy all 2023. And with that grizzly bear energy, I'm opening up locations. I'm doing TV shows. I'm um, writing movie scripts. I am starting sister concepts from the Slutty Vegan brand. I'm doing everything under the Slutty Vegan tentacle umbrella that I can to be able to expand this narrative about veganism. And it's working and, you know, we're hitting it out the park. And I just pray that the universe continues to align my energy and my imagination so that I can continue to do the things that I love to do in this I, space. I think it will. Can you can you give me a, um, a sneak peek into some of the sister brands or what are their, what are their names? I'll tell you this. I just yeah. did a um, tasting at Slutty Vegan for a vegan breakfast concept that I'm working on. Um, so, so you do the math. <laughs> so I'm well, excited about that because, you know, as a, listen, I remember when I first started, well, I, before I was vegan, I was vegetarian. My mother's a Rastafarian. So I grew up in a vegetarian household. Right. So I grew up eating the Boca burgers, the morning star burgers. So like, I've been at this for a long time. Like, this is who I am. Right. There were not a lot of options for us to eat except for the Boca Burgers and the Morning Stars and, you know, the basics. Now, in 2023, there is so much innovation around plant-based food that you can literally have everything that's not vegan and make it vegan. So one thing that I realized lacks in Atlanta especially is that there are not a lot of good vegan options. They, they exist, but not in the way that I'm about to put it together. So I'm excited um, to be able to, you know, jumpstart that concept. I can't tell you the name right now, but you okay. You know, I'm good for a good name. So, you know, I, I'm excited about that. And I know that as long as I can dominate uh, the vegan breakfast movement, we're going to be doing some big things. <laughs> <laughs> well, breakfast is probably my favorite meal of the day. Uh, I noticed in, 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 uh, in your cookbook, or I should say your book, right? You've got zucchini pancakes that I'm like, okay, I want some of those like right now. Yeah. You've got these roasted purple sweet potatoes mm -hmm. that look absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. I I tend to go for stuff that's that's um, a little bit cleaner. Like, look at this spicy garlic eggplant. Mm -hmm. um, uh, any you? Any, oh my gosh! Did you have black eyed peas for New Year's this year? You know what? This year I didn't. Usually I do, but this year I didn't because we were. Um, I went to go see Dave Chappelle. Um, oh, so we were traveling. But listen, that recipe is amazing. And let me tell you, there is something for everybody. So, like, you know, I have my moments where I just want to be alkaline vegan, and then some days I want to be the junk food vegan, right? But there's something for everybody in this book. If, if you want to eat super clean, you can do that. You can have the mushroom scallops. Right. If you yes, like there's so many things for everybody in this book and you don't have to compromise the flavor or the things that you like. You know how many meat eaters come to me and like Pinky, that book is damn good. I made a couple of recipes out of it and that shit is amazing. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing something right. <laughs> so I'm excited about it. And I know that people can take this book and not just stuff it in their kitchen cabinet. Like this is really the place where you can learn about veganism in a way where it's cool and it's not forcing an agenda on you. Yeah. And um, like Pinky, look at this stuffed butternut squash. And you've also you've also asked some of your vegan entrepreneur like restaurant buddies to contribute to some recipes here. They, did, they had no idea that I did that either. Wow. So they wow. submitted, but I didn't tell the people that I picked. I'm a woman of many surprises. So I like to surprise <laughs> people all the time. The shock factor just gets me. 
Um, but to do that, to do that was like, damn, you know, it's giving them a platform to expose themselves. And, you know, they, they were very happy. Everybody who was a part of the cookbook cried. And, you know, I'm, I'm just happy that I got to be able to do that. And um, you have 91 recipes. Is there a particular reason 91? Is that just where you landed? I just where I landed. I wish I had like an explanation for like why 91, but 91 sounded good in my spirit. Nine is my sorority number. Um, I pledged Delta Sigma Theta Sorority um, Incorporated. So I was the nine, but it just felt right. I'm an energy person. 91 just felt right. What did you think of the whole writing process going through book, book publishers? Um, I'm sure you, I'm sure you had to. Hard. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you. It was not easy at all. Um, it's very time consuming and you got to make sure that the recipes are right. Like, and, and as right as possible. And like the testing and the tasting and the emails back and forth and the writing, the it was not a fun process. I'm not going to lie to you. But when you see the final product, it's like, okay, this is what all the work came to be. And I'm so happy that we finally got to a finished product. And do you know that the book is doing so well, like people are supporting it and they're buying it. And that just tells me that this is something that people want. So I can't wait to do more. Who, who is your, who'd you go with for your book publisher? Uh, Simon and Schuster. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Congrats on that. Um, and I, I think the other day I saw you wearing a dress with this same kind of, you know, pattern and logo. <laughs> it looked remarkable on you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I like to be consistent in those things because when people rec it's the art of repetition, when people continue to see it, they'll remember it. It'll be stuck in their brain. So, you know, I get super creative. I wore that to an actual, uh, an award show. So I shocked everybody They're like, Oh wow. She literally wore her brand. Yes, I did. Okay. Because I am the slutty vegan. So I'm going to be the walking brand every opportunity that I get. So do we, do you, do you foresee any more books in your future? Yes. <laughs> is it too early? Too early for me to ask you that question. A ask me in about three months and I'll give you a hard answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Hey, I, books yeah. are coming. Just know that a lot of really good things are coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, uh, you know, I think I saw that. Was it, was it target just bought 10,000 copies? Um, you know, I'm sure that Simon and Schuster's doing backflips right now because of the success of your book. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, um, that's nothing to sneeze at. And it seems to be in perfect alignment with everything else that, that you're doing. Pinky is just, um, having wild success. And again, I think it's because of you, as we said at the, at the very beginning, just your authenticity and, uh, the way you speak your mind, you're a bit of a grizzly bear, but a grizzly bear that we all want to hug. Yes. <laughs> I'm soft once you get to know me. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pinky, uh, I appreciate your time today. Uh, I wish you all the best. I hope that our paths cross in the not too distant, not too distant future. And um, really appreciate you coming on the Plant Strong podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. We will see each other soon. Keep it plant strong. Boom. <laughs> Pinky is turning the vegan movement on its head and ushering in a new wave of enthusiasm and passion for bringing plant-based food to as many people as possible in a fun, irreverent, and flavorful way, especially 
for those who may have never had the opportunity or desire to try it. You can learn more about Pinky, her work, and her foundation at pinkygivesback.com. I'll be sure to link to that along with links to her new book in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening, spreading the word, and as always, keeping it plant strong. Thank you for listening to the Plant Strong Podcast. You can support the show by taking a quick minute to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Leaving us a positive review and sharing the show with your network is another great way to help us reach as many people as possible with the exciting news about plants. Thank you in advance for your support. It means everything. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Cryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.